Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Martians Eating Marshmallows, and I'm your host, Michaela Denae. Today on the show, we have a really special episode because it's about the one of the biggest documentaries that has ever been on Netflix, Tiger King. Like everyone, I watched the series during quarantine, and lately at nighttime, I haven't been able to sleep, so I watched it again, well, uh, the first three episodes. And I realized that, like, I missed a lot of stuff the first time because I've got, like, ADD. Maybe not ADD, but, like, ADDD. So I haven't, so I wasn't paying attention to, like, most of the stuff that was going on. So I rewatched it, realized that I had a lot of questions. So I decided to call someone who was in the documentary because that's what I do um, and see how they felt about the documentary and see if they could, like, you know, just talk with me about it because... I just needed to talk and buddy talk about the show. So I called my boy Saf, who worked at the GW Zoo, right? The GW Zoo. Yeah. Well, Joe Exotic Zoo. Um, And also he was in the documentary and he worked with Joe Exotic for 10 years. So I decided to call him and to see what he thought about the, the documentary and to see what's going on with him. I mean, like after the documentary, you know he's super famous now you know so i just kind of wanted to see uh what's going on and we had a really great conversation so if you guys are ready for this episode the new one the greatest one the best one uh, of martians eating marshmallows let's go i am is it like is it still locked down and stuff because you know, they're going through a bunch of phases. Um, obviously, I think with the rest of the world, we kind of started to reopen um, within the past month. But because of the rise in cases, it happened here in California as well. Um, I think they started to pull back a little bit more. But I mean, I can go out to a restaurant, you know, I just you have to wear a mask and pretty much suit up every time you go. So it's, it's still inconvenient, you know? Yeah. I feel like here in France, it's, like, weird. I don't know. Like, they've, like, changed a bunch of stuff. Like, at first it was, like, you get a fine, and now it's, like, and now it's, like, a bit different. I don't know. It's, like, oh, yeah? each day. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they have fines here yet, unless you're doing something just outrageous. But I, I kind of stick to myself. I'm a homebody anyway, so this works. <laughs> yeah. In France, they were, like, when we first opened, like, they were, like, ready to go. They were, like, fining people. Like, oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> like, one, like, one police officer, like, kicked me out and, like, made me go buy a mask and said, you can come back after that. Like, he was, like, not joking. Wow. You know, and I, I have not been personally affected by it. And I, I don't know anyone who has, but I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that have lost people, you know, so I understand the severity of it. It's yeah, just, no, I, yeah, I do. This is my first pandemic that I've personally experienced. <laughs> I, so <laughs> I think most it's all new to me. So yeah, you, I think so too. So you moved to California after um being in, in the show or or like do you, or, or had you been been there for a while while they were well recording? i uh yeah i left the zoo in 2018 um they were already filming for the show okay. um, and they continued to film for the show throughout 2019 okay um 
and then at the very end of 2019, you know, I, I had tried to kind of pick up life and move on from there um, outside of the zoo um, since I left. And it just, you know, it wasn't panning out the way that I wanted it to. So I decided to just kind of pick up and, and leave and focus on, you know, other things because I was very still stuck on the zoo, you know, yeah. obviously. Yeah, well, so I feel like I feel like it was like. I feel like that's usually some people like they work at like McDonald's and stuff like that. And like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like a job like that doesn't affect you, but I feel like your job definitely like <laughs> kind of, has, oh like, man, it's, it's it affected was... your life in like multiple Yeah. Ways. You know? Yeah. It was definitely a lifestyle, you know, it yeah. wasn't just something I did. It was, it was everything I was, you know? And um, I mean, I guess in a way you can say that it, it defined, you know, me as a person. I mean, at the time throughout the entire time that, I was at the park I was a father you know I was a uh, a partner but more than any of those unfortunately I was more focused on just being the guy who played with tigers all day so yeah a lot of a lot of selfishness on my end for sure so can you tell me how you started working there because I know some people they like started working there from like Craigslist and all this other stuff but like how did you yeah. start working there yeah I don't know if mine is any better <laughs> but well, honestly I like was... whatever I, I have gotten jobs on Craigslist like we're absolutely all absolutely like, <laughs> you know that's it there that's is it. No, there's no judgment here if you get a job on Craigslist <laughs> like that's a job okay like... yeah a job's a job <laughs> exactly. I, I completely agree um but at the time I was you know I was transitioning out of the army um okay. after six years in I knew that I needed to do something with my life that was going to be you know, as significant or at least as distracting. The army is very good for that. You know, they yeah. take your mind off of real life and you're just consumed by being a soldier. Um, so I knew I needed an, another next big thing. Um, and honestly, my entire life, I've loved tigers. Yeah. So it was literally a Google search. I mean, I Google searched, you know, how can I interact with or get my hands on a tiger? And mm -hmm. Joe Exotic Zoo was about an hour some odd from me at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was my first and only stop. <laughs> <laughs> so you just kind of like went and asked for a job and he gave it to you. <laughs> well, I there was a few emails back and forth prior to me even stepping foot on the park. You know, I, I think I wrote about I wrote Joe back and forth about six times um, until I or before I decided to go ahead and kind of move my life there, you know. Um, cause it wasn't like I would have stayed on post, you know, and worked at the zoo. Yeah. Um, it would have been an actual life changing move, you know, yeah. I would have packed up everything I had with me. Um, so it took me a little bit, I'd say a couple of weeks. So I mean, going back and forth in emails. Yeah. Well, so was it like difficult to like transition from the, the military? Because, so I have like a lot of friends who were like military, but like they had been in, in mm -hmm. there for like a long time and like 10 mm -hmm. years, like most of them. 10 years minimum and then like transitioning to like civilian life like I don't know like that's kind of like a different like lifestyle and things like do it you is. think that it's like it that it's like has it is it has it been easy or has it been like really difficult for you like right. how really how that happened has it happened well you know everyone's experience with that transition is going to be different based on their experience within the military um, mm -hmm. And for me personally, I'm, I cannot speak on any anybody else, any other soldier. But for me personally, after two deployments, um, after consuming myself within this military lifestyle, you know, and pushing everything else away, um, I think my mentality just wanted me to focus on something else. 
have yeah. something else to pull all my attention and energy towards just mm-hmm. the same as I did in the military. So it was less transitioning from a soldier to a civilian for me. It was more just transitioning my attention from one thing to the next. Okay. Well, so for you. me personally, it was, it was easier. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I understand. Well, thank yeah. you for your service. Um, I appreciate that. Um, but like, so I guess the biggest question is like, so a, you were part of the documentary and like people like now I feel like know you because you were the person who got attacked by the tiger. Um, right. So is that right. is, like, and I feel like that's such a hard, you know, like thing to, you know, be known for. Um, right. How do you feel about that now? Um, I think that it's, it's very uplifting and positive in general to have people be inspired by you regardless of how. Okay. Um, so I take that as obviously a blessing, um, as a, as an opportunity, um, as a, as a humbling opportunity to kind of be a part of people's lives, you know, by just being who I am mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Um, is it hard to be known as that? I, I guess a little, um, mm-hmm. less when it's by strangers and more so when it's like my kids bringing it up. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I, I just kind of prioritize in that sense. And honestly, nothing really bothers me. I mean, I might, you know, shake or shrug a shoulder at a, a couple of things. But for the most part, I mean, I've seen enough in my short life that uh, not much bothers me. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you tell yeah. me how exactly it happened? Or do you mind talking about it? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it was a typical Saturday. Um, and for those who don't know, Saturdays in zoo life is probably our busiest days you know it's the first day that that people aren't working kids are out of school i mean it's our it's our biggest most productive and financially productive days um so we were just getting getting an early start getting ready trying to get everything done before our eleven thirty tour came around um mm-hmm. and everything done includes feeding watering and cleaning you know every single animal cage on that park mm-hmm. um and obviously, I worked with the big cats the most. So mm-hmm. I started on Tiger Alley, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's just one runway of <laughs> cages on either side of you. Okay. Um, and these are actually our, our show cats. These are the cats that we have at the very front of the park, the cats that are at the very center of the park as well. And they're directly behind, located directly behind our show stage. Okay. And, it, and you know, it's, it's cats that we work with the most on park um so i think that's why i emphasize the fact that i was complacent you know i'm not sitting here saying that a tiger is not a dangerous animal Mm -hmm. um but you know they get used to routines the same as we get used to routines um especially if it benefits them which Mm -hmm. means they get food at the end of it they don't care what you're doing yeah and man i just got sloppy you know instead of using the tools provided instead of using the proper caging that that was built on park mm-hmm. you know you just you just come up with these ways in your head to do it faster or you know quicker easier than the last time mm-hmm. and in in this moment it was using my hand through two of our cage doors um to let him into the cage that mm-hmm. i wanted him into you know so i was basically just opening doors to guide him through and Man, once he saw my hand go through that cage, he he showed me what a tiger's made of, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of people ask me if I feel like it was in an aggressive manner. I'm, I'm not going to say no, because, I mean, well, if he's biting yeah. me, 
Well, yeah, I but like, he is, you know, a 500 pound tiger. So I feel like it, it, everyone, everyone that like talks about animals in like captivity, like when they yeah. talk about like something like attacking you and they're like, it wasn't aggression or it was aggression. Right. Like, it's like, it doesn't really right. matter. You know? like, yeah. In the At long- the end of the day, you know, you ended up in his mouth. <laughs> exactly. That's, like, yeah. like, that's kind of really- what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't really matter exactly. whether it's aggression or not. Exactly. Like, it's a tiger, yeah. you know, like they have a right to be that way. And I guess. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I think, like, after watching, because I watched the whole episode during a, a quarantine, as like most people did. Um, but right. I think the biggest thing that like struck me was like after you had been like taken away and like you know your arm had been like you know they had like a little like tourniquet done, and then right. you see Joe Exotic say, "I'm never going to be to um recover from this financially." Right. Like that right. actually kind of like bothered me because. Yeah, um, yeah. It seemed to bother most of the the world. <laughs> okay, okay, because because it was like okay, like you literally just had one of your employees like right. get get like you know injured, and he's like worried about right. his money. And I guess my right. what I wanted to ask you was like, you know, I feel like you came back to work fairly quickly, um, mm-hmm. and you chose not to go through the whole reconstruction because of the timing and and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and as someone who's like, you know, I'm like 26, but you know, I'm like getting into the whole like work field and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like you know, like as an employee, I'm like starting to realize that like our employers like we're like uh, replaceable in some way and I feel like you came back right. to work this is just my opinion but look at you you came back mm-hmm. to work because there's a lot of like animal rights things and things like that and you kind of didn't want to make it seem like it was a bad thing to be working with these tigers but looking back right. at it now do you feel like you should have taken more time off and taken you know more time maybe gotten the whole reconstruction or, or just taking more time off to yourself to recover and things oh absolutely not no no Um, okay there's there was nothing that would have changed my decision to return um, to those animals you know that I mean if I could have returned quicker I would have okay um so my there was a lot of things that that factored into that decision as well it wasn't just one particular thing um and I'll be honest with you yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. the repercussions of what happened with me and this animal I was very afraid was going to negatively affect that animal, yeah. that park, and therefore the animals that live and call that park home, okay. you know? Um, so yeah, that, that played a part uh, into it. Um, you know, I didn't want anyone else affected. To I knew the longer I stayed in that hospital, the bigger of a, of a horror story it was going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and then at the very, very ground base of all of that, there is nothing in the world that I would have rather been doing at that very moment than living the life that I was living right before that incident happened. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was go right back to that. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, I would not have changed my decision. If you were to ask me today, you know, if I was willing to wait two years to do something I wanted to do again, I'd tell you no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd tell you no right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously when you when you live your life with the consequences of your actions and your decisions. Yeah. You create this mentality because that's all you can do. Yeah. Either that or feel sorry for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. live in regrets. And I don't, that's, I can't even stand to, to stomach that. Yeah. <laughs> so 
so yeah, I, I, I know that this mentality is developed. It's a developed mentality and, and it's something that I have refined over the years. I mean, you're just um, like the number one employee that people want to have <laughs> at their business. But I, yeah, but I do know the realities of it and I do know, you know, the statistics and, and statistically and, in, and realistically, you know, most people cannot afford to lose their limbs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I hope people take this as something that I was personally able to do yeah and not as an example you know it's, yeah it's always good to have heart but it's it's even better to have a strong sound mind behind that yeah. big beautiful heart you know yeah so yeah and and this has kind of like just been like a life experience it's like absolutely you know, at this absolutely. point it's like it's like you know I was born <laughs> I was in the military I got bit by a tiger like you know, <laughs> <laughs> I have I have honestly been pretty reckless all my life my mom actually made it a point to say you know whenever she was speaking of all four of her kids that if there was something that I you know she didn't want me to do don't tell me because I'll do it twice yeah so (laughs) yeah I was just that kid and obviously I'm that adult and I guess you know this is just what makes me happy (laughs) and I like being happy well you know I always tell people like people kids are like I can't wait to grow up you know and and like like I can't like it's one of these things of like at this point it's like I'm waiting for the adultness to happen but I feel like there's just like a point where like we stop maturing and we just age like that's pretty oh absolutely that's how I feel absolutely I tell my kids all the time you know I'm like I never grew up I just got bigger (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly that's, the, that's how I feel about it because I'm like oh yeah this, this been the same person um but watching the oh, show yeah. like and like I guess not really watching the show but like people's responses to the show and stuff the biggest thing was like people okay watching the show and seeing you on it like I feel like you were kind of like one of the only people who like actually really cared about the tigers um wow. <laughs> so like it's kind of like interesting that like after watching that um and then people were kind of like upset about the creation of the Netflix thing and then misgendering you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that caused quite an uproar. Um, How did you personally feel about that? Like, you know, did you, like, while watching it, was that well, you something know, that you yeah. were super upset about or, like, or like you know? Personally, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that within some of my blissful ignorance, mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of stomping on people's rights, you know, people's say so, people's fight for that. Um, and then I in no way, shape or form wanted to minimize that. I yeah, just yeah. didn't pay it any attention. You know, I, I yeah. honestly did not bother me. These are people that I've worked with for years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I never asked that of them. I I didn't personally think they were doing it in a malicious way. You yeah. know, I've always felt comfortable around these people. Um, but that's just the way that they chose to address me. And that's just the way that our relationship was. And I didn't see any issues with it whatsoever. You know, uh, I think I was more focused on, on making myself happy than, you know, trying to have other people address me a certain way. So yeah, it was just such a small issue in my head, if it even was an issue. I don't think it ever was. Because Um, I think you have, but again, other things on your mind also you know absolutely absolutely but but in no way you know did I want to minimize it I I think I felt some sort of uh, a small obligation to at least say something to mention it you know because this community is a very large very proud community with you know with I mean they should be yeah um 
and with respect to that, I just wanted to speak on it, but not for them. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really all I can do at this point. Um, so it's not that I don't think it's a big issue. I think that it was something that I needed to address, mm-hmm. um, but I needed to address it from my standpoint. And I didn't have much experience in it at all. Yeah. I've never felt um, mistreated. I've never felt miss anything, mm-hmm. you know, so or I've never paid attention to it enough to care. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all it is. Well, I do think so. I do think for me like there's certain things in life that I feel like you know the whole society makes bigger things of and I'll just share like a small experience. I was working in mm-hmm. India and um one of the places that we were working or that um I went to go see was like you know a transgender basically it's like a it's an NGO a non-governmental association and it was like you know these Indian women and men who were all transgender (laughs) and like working there and I went and I worked and I was they were telling us about their stories and how like it's so difficult because a lot of them are disowned and how like in India you need like a you have this card that has your cast, your social security number, all this stuff on it. And if you're like disowned, your parents don't give you that. So you can't get a job or get benefits or anything like that. So that was like the bigger issue. And I was there with like, you know, some other college students and um, it kind of like bothered me because they were explaining how like, you know, like they can't get governmental assistance. They can't get certain things. They can't get jobs. They can only like, you know, some of them can only be prostitutes and things like that. And like one of in one of my like people that I was with raised their hand and said, you know, do you use like non-binary words and these types of things? And it's like, I hate to be this person, but it's like their lives don't really focus on these like you know labels and things that that we're so focused on. It's like, you know, they are yeah, they are who they are. And like, you know, like your your focus on like you know being like you know these types of things like it's not really about who they are like the idea of a label like it's so important I think for like westernized people but other people that are like kind of like trying to survive and things like that it's it's not really like as big of a deal for them because there's bigger well yeah you know yeah for sure you know I mean I think I've heard this statement often um and I've only traveled within the military Um, to these other countries for extended periods of time Mm -hmm. but I think the term that's used often is that compared to America the rest of the third world countries are savages right you know they're they're living outside of our common pleasures and our common luxuries electricity running water you know stuff like that yeah but to to look at the you know the bare bones of it all in say like a crisis like this Mm -hmm. um, where these people are coming from a humanity standpoint. The, all they're saying is, we don't care what we're called. We just want a chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas in America, it's like, put a label on it, you know? So who's the savage there? Because at the bones of it, like, humanity is being smothered in both places. Yeah. Well, I, And I yeah. love, you know, I love my country. I fought for my country. But it's times like these, especially times like these, man, that just, it breaks my heart. It's disheartening to see what humans... Americans, you know, our countrymen are willing to do to each other. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty sad. Well, the whole like label thing is like such a huge thing for me because, you know, I feel like so many people like 
I don't really like you know care about labels or like prescribed for li- to labels or whatever because I think it's like right. it's just like it's just like something for someone to give you so that they they can understand you better and my thing is it's right. like I don't really care if you understand me better <laughs> like to be honest right. with you like right. it's I'm right. not living my life for you to like understand <laughs> like how I do things like and I feel like a lot of like educated American people are like like that um because I went to like you know school at one point and I was explaining that like one of my friends um she doesn't have a like a a person she doesn't really care if you're male or female she just cares about the person like she that's right. like more what it is and like um one girl was like oh she's pan and i was like no she's not pan she just cares about the person like you, you know what i mean like, right. it's just because right 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 because like how can you like you know put a label on someone and be like you should wear this label you know what i mean so that i oh, yeah. understand you especially if someone else doesn't you know adhere to I that think, label i think i think American society in general um, kind of misconstrues relatability and understanding. Yeah. Okay. As if they are the same thing. Yeah. You definitely do not need to relate to anyone to understand that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Relating is more of a natural, you know, emotion, whereas understanding is something you work for. Yeah. You know, so it puts, it takes a little bit more effort to understand someone, but it's, so much more worth it to understand someone than to just relate to them exactly so and you don't need to like, that's label all labels yeah to, like, that's all labels it. do is like okay. is like bridge the gap between i don't i don't relate to you at all so you just give them a label and it's like oh, okay that's what you are yeah exactly so now i relate to you. Now, now i know but they understand you don't understand you. them at all yeah, yeah it's, it's so sad yeah it's like it's like weird i under i get it man it's <laughs> it's crazy but you know that is our society that is i mean i'm not even just saying it's america it's pretty much the the modern world yeah you know? but i raise children in this modern world and i refuse to raise them that way yeah <laughs> well like so you're a father now and like you have um like the have your kids seen the the show and stuff or no or have you no been no the show? um yeah <laughs> i've actually i've had one since i left okay the zoo um and then i had one since before i even started at the zoo okay um and then i've had one in the middle of those two so um i think a lot of like for me for one no none of them have seen the show because they're all too young in my opinion yeah um but I think a lot of what I'm trying to kind of shelter them from by not showing them all all of the show is that there's a lot of things on that show that I don't I know they don't understand yeah and until I can explain you know what things are um things as simple as like you said you know misgendering like my kids Mm -hmm. I'm their dad yeah and that's it yeah you know, and, and I don't want to have conversations with them until they can understand everything that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Okay. I understand so, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get that because like, you know, like what the show portrayed it isn't necessarily who you are and you don't want to have to like explain. Oh, absolutely yeah, explain not. No, don't get me wrong. It was, it was me a hundred percent, but it wasn't all of me. Yeah. It was just authentically me. Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. And that goes for everyone, you know, everyone that was depicted on that show, that's how, that's how they are in real life. It's just not their entire story. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you, th- how do you feel like the show like portrayed the, the whole like story? Because I feel like, like editing, like I'm a person 
I'm a broadcasting person. Like, so like for me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, like cinematography and like editing and like mm-hmm. storytelling. So I thought it was like very well, like progressed. It's like each episode, right. they were like, you know, adding more oh, and yeah. more and more and more to the story. Oh yeah. And you know, like I said, they were filming us for at least minimum of five years. So, like, so it didn't just happen over one visit, you know, one week long visit. Yeah. No, they were there day in, day out sporadically for five years so did you know like so, how did they like oh yeah introduce that they're filming this netflix series to you like where you just well that's work one that's time? the like, thing you know is we have been filmed countless times okay, i cannot yeah, okay. count on all I of our hands how many times they were filmed i forget that he yeah. had a show and stuff sorry yeah, yeah. but no you're fine <laughs> but these um these filmmakers and these producers for this specific <laughs> netflix documentary they didn't work for Netflix. They okay. didn't, you know, come from Netflix. They actually just sold the entire docu series yeah, to yeah, Netflix. Yeah. But um, so these guys were just, you know, I'm not just saying regular filmmakers, but they were just filmmakers, you know, and a producer out to make, you know, make this show and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was obviously the most successful documentary that was ever filmed on that park during my time there. Yeah. But there are many, many, many others, many others things that happened on that park. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, I guess my question is, like, you know, most people, I guess, want to know, like, what was it like? Like, how do you feel about Joey Exotic in general at this point in your time? Like, from where you were, from how you felt Mm -hmm. about him before to, like, how do you feel about him now at this point? I don't think that I've ever felt sorry for anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I know that I've shown empathy, but... And it's definitely not apathetic. I've I've definitely felt something, but I never felt sorry for a man in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same goes for Joe up until he lost the zoo to Carol. Oh yeah, I think maybe I heard about that. That kind of yeah, that kind of solidified the fact that like everything that that man has worked for. Yeah, every single thing he's worked for, and and believe me, I've seen him for ten years work his ass mm-hmm. off. It's gone now. He has nothing. He has nothing to prove it except our stories, yeah. except our experiences, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe a couple of photos. I mean, his whole life is plastered all over the world right now. And when he if he ever does get out of prison, yeah, he will have nothing of it. Yeah. And that makes me sad. Yeah. It does. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. I mean, do you feel because I feel like a lot of people like they love Joe Exotic, but then there's other people who are like, he's kind of this horrible human being. Like, do you think that it was easy to show him as kind of like a villain? And do you feel that he he is kind of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's very easy because Joe's made a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. But so have I. He's human. And so has (laughs) and so has everyone else in this world, you know? Yeah. Um. Joe, I've always said to people, Joe's very ambitious, you know, he's very desperately ambitious. Um, and I don't know if I've ever seen him be very successful in, in 90% of the things that he's participated in. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I know that he has, mm-hmm. you know, in 10%. So <laughs> I don't know what kind of life he feels he's had, but from the short 10 years that I've seen and witnessed and experienced Joe Exotic, Man, he's always going to be one of the boldest, most ambitious, like outrageous guys I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, he ran for president. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
he's not he's not your average joe literally he's definitely favorite. your exotic joe i have that i have his video like his presidential like video <laughs> as like my it's like on my favorites list like i watched it like yeah. every like honestly maybe. he's a mess no but like he's a mess but that's him like what, you know? what i love about that is like i feel like you know like as we talked about in this world of like so many people trying to fit in and so many people like you right. know like trying to be like everybody else you can say whatever right. you want about him. Right. Like he's uniquely who he is. You get exactly. what I mean? So that's like, exactly like a hundred percent. He's never apologized. Someone like that. You get yeah. what I mean? And I oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. No matter how people feel, he, you know, about what he does, or whatever you can respect, you know, I'm like, give, oh, absolutely. give credit where credit absolutely. is due type person is due. Right. And like, you know, he's right. like, he's just, you know, uniquely how he is. So like, now it really is yeah now carol baskin like has his zoo right which is crazy well she owns she owns uh like paper paper trail wise yes. she owns the property and everything that stands on it yeah. up until a certain date she does not own the animals thus far okay so um and I, that doesn't really change much for the animal's sake because if it's not carol then it's jeff Lowe and it's like a lesser of two evils, really. Yeah. But I would hope that at the very end of this, at least, you know, these these animals get a fighting chance at the best place. And I'm not saying either one is not that. I'm just saying I hope that whatever the decision comes down to, it's in the best interest of the animals. Because in the past, what, you know, three or some odd years, their entire home has been just gone. It's gone. Yeah. You know, everything that they've known for I know 10 years and then there was definitely 10 before that. So yeah. if you can imagine 20 years of, of history on that park, it is no more. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it's, it's, that's a big one to swallow, you know? Yeah. We're going to, we're going to talk more about like how you feel about the animals and stuff, because I feel like it's just like the whole like big cat situation is just such a huge thing. And like so many people, I feel yeah. like so many, so many people have so many opinions about it and they don't actually know that much about about it you get what yeah. I mean? um but yeah how exactly do you feel about like carol baskin as a human or as a as an animal rights activist like how do you feel about her i think um i, not, I feel not really you know she's i don't really want she's to, obviously a smart go ahead yeah, i'm so no, sorry no, <laughs> i don't really want to talk about you know like carol baskin and the whole like oh she killed her husband things like that like because right. to me it's not really that important but i'm talking about like as right. someone who like actually cares about animals and like you know like her business is you know the rescuings right. and, and stuff like that like right. how do you feel about her in that aspect yeah so she's obviously a smart business woman she's business savvy okay. there's a reason that joe in this lawsuit that he lost to her there's a reason he did what he did mm -hmm. it's because she was the top search if you were to search big cat rescue just mm -hmm. anything to do with big exotic cats here in america yeah she popped up no yeah. matter what mm -hmm. and you know someone within competition of that you can understand how joe was like that's i want to be that yeah you know mm -hmm. um so that right there alone should show you how much she's doing for the the community of exotic animals yeah she's she was the top search she was the top dog at that point yeah um but as far as just care listen she gets hundreds of people to volunteer for her on not just a weekly basis i mean this is their life yeah exactly. this is what they put before everything else mm -hmm. um 
she gets donations. She mm -hmm. works with some of the largest, you know, animal rights foundations or corporations in the world. Yeah. You know, she's working directly with them. So she's obviously doing something right now. As far as conservation, she's trying to pass laws, um, which Joe was was on the wrong end of one of those laws. You know, yeah. the cub petting. She's trying to pull that completely out of the industry. Mm -hmm. um, so I from from like a human standpoint i think she's doing the most out of all the people that you're speaking of mm -hmm. you know in this documentary she's doing the most for conservation um but nothing of what she's doing is is action or active conservation yeah because she's just pouring everything that she gets which she gets a lot yeah right back into her personal sanctuary yeah you know so for her personal animals incredible mm -hmm. um same thing with Joe, you know, there was not much that we did for conservation except for spread our animals into as many zoos as we possibly could. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, so so that just increases the population within captivity, but mm -hmm. it does nothing for conservation or wild conservation. So I think just from an outsider mm -hmm. looking in, I think the best that, you know, we can do is is look at a conservation standpoint yeah and, re and more you know step outside of our pockets for a little bit yeah you know um i know i know it costs a lot of money to to be in this industry and you don't make a ton of money you mm -hmm. know um there are some people who are who are very successful doc anto he's very very successful at what he does and he is unapologetically happy yeah doing it um so good on him you know but again he reaches out to these these uh, wildlife funds and these these huge conservation movements, you know, to stop the use of palm oil, which is something that they decrease the the um, environment for these, you know, for the great apes, for the orangutans. Like this is stuff that he's actively done. That's conservation. Yeah, you know, and and I think that if you're looking at it on that type of scale. He's obviously doing the most actively. Okay. So, but, yeah, because I feel like yeah. some people, like, for me, like, I've seen a lot of, like, people who are, like, work with animals, and they're, like, supporting, like, you know, the uh, Myrtle Beach Safari, which is uh, dock mm -hmm. animals. And I was like, tigers, yeah. yes. And I was, like, wondering, like, how how exactly is it okay for, for you to go to his zoo but not go to the other one so like that's what i was like that's exactly it so that's what i'm trying to like that's exactly figure it. out yeah. like you know because it's not just it's like multiple people who like you know like oh yeah who like work yeah, with no. animals and things like that and Here, they're like go to myrtle beach and it's like how is right you know what i mean like how exactly? it's no different yeah like don't get me wrong the experiences that you will experience at each of these different places are going to be different yeah, I have personally been to Doc mm -hmm. Anto's personally, not just as a customer, but as a friend of his. Mm -hmm. And here in America, mm -hmm. if you're paying to see animals, mm -hmm. you're having the same experience. Everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah. You're, you're making profit, regardless of what you use that money for, you're making profit off of these animals mm -hmm. by the public. Yeah. That's just how it is, right? There's mm -hmm. no difference. Yeah. I don't care what your mission statement is. Mm -hmm. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. But, you know, if you're asking me who's actively doing the most, mm -hmm. then that's my opinion on it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I wish I could have been more actively involved in stuff like that. But, you know, we just didn't ha we didn't have that at Joe's Zoo. Yeah. But I feel like for me, like, you know, just looking at it, I feel like at this point, 
with what you know where the whole big cat situation is i feel like there's not really a right thing that people can do because because like carol baskin's so like oh my gosh like we're keeping them like she's basically treating tigers like cancer patients she's she's like we're basically i'm just saying she's like like, we're keeping them comfortable until they die like it's basically what she's doing And like you know, she she's not to me. It kind of bothers me because there were were multiple things that Carol Baskin has done that like has added to the problem of the big cat situation. Mm-hmm. But she's mm-hmm. like so like high and mighty. So I I think that's kind of like my biggest issue with her. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So that's like my oh, biggest yeah. problem with that. So when you have like people like Peta, and I don't really care to say this, but like I'm against Peta one hundred percent because I feel like they say a lot of things and they are they feel that they're like 100% right but they're all opinions about a lot of different things you know well it's just funny you know because you have these big organizations and and before I say anything let me start off with you know Joe just like you was very against PETA Mm -hmm. you know he thought they had an alternate agenda as well Mm -hmm. what I did is I did a little bit of research on my own mm-hmm. on these on these organizations, um, and what I found is that they don't have their own facilities mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah, so what they do is they work with people who have facilities. Mm-hmm. So if all these animals are going somewhere, where are they going? Yeah, you know, and that was my biggest my biggest thing. But again, like you said, you know, we're all doing the same thing here in America. If it's an exotic animal, it's in a cage. It's not wild in someone's backyard. It's not found on the mountains. It's not, you know, seen running around the fields. Yeah. It's in a cage. Yeah. So all us Americans know, us Americans here that work with big cats here in America, all we know is captivity. Yeah. And until I know about the wild, I'm not going to speak on the wild. Yeah. It's just statistics, you know? Yeah. And I would love to see them. I've never, with all the years I've been working with these cats, I've never seen them in the wild. And I would absolutely love to. Well, because there's only like 3,000 of them. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> less less than that, actually. Yeah, yeah there's like... less than 3,000 tigers in the wild. And there's there's double that in captivity in America alone. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I think there's like over 20,000 cats in captivity. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah. you know, like, it's there's not really that much of a... Yeah. There's that's what I mean by conservation yeah. is kind of going out the window if their entire life is just to please us. Yeah. And that's like a bigger thing is like, you know, like it's one of those things of like morally you have to look at like what you're doing because it's like mm-hmm. these you're making money off of another living being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's just that's oh, yeah. like, you can like you can say um, like any way you want to, but you are you're making money, you're living. And that's exactly it, thing. you know, like, and that's definitely something that I have had to come to grips with. That's something that I, from this point forward, will have to live with. Mm-hmm. But it's also something that I will refuse to do ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, I mean, I love mm-hmm. these animals, man. They're incredible animals. They l- changed my whole life. Mm-hmm. Some in some in some airspace, I can genuinely say they saved my life. Okay, you know, um, and the least that I can do is whatever is best for them, even if it means that I can't work with them here in America. Because yeah. I can't change America, mm-hmm. you know? I won't do it tomorrow. I won't do it in my lifetime. But I'm not going to contribute to the problem. Yeah. So that's why I am where I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I just think, like, now, you know, it's, it's like, really difficult to, like, have an opinion. And I feel like 
Oh, yeah. I don't think that, like, a lot of, like, animal rights organizations, I feel like, you know, I agree with some of them, but some of them I just don't. You know, like, there's just certain yeah. aspects. It's, it's like, my problem with, like, PETA is, like, well, I have a pit bull, and I'm, like, a huge, like, pit bull, like, you know, activist. Yeah, advocate. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they, they believe in, like, you know, sterilizing and killing pit bulls because they're the most. That they are the, the most, most dangerous, yeah. Well, that they're the most abused. And to me, statistically, they're actually not the most dangerous, the chihuahua is, which is interesting to me. Yeah, they're, well, they're they're not they're not the most you know, it, it well, uh, aggressive, but they are the most abused animals. Right. is what they're saying. Right. And to me, that logic right. is basically uh, the same logic of women are more likely to be raped. Therefore, we should. Right. Like, like right. you know, like like you know, d- eliminate all women. Like that logic is a bit you know. Don't blame the people right. or the. Not the people. I know they're animals, but no, but don't, but don't blame. It's it's more of a point fingers at the victim yeah, to exactly. avoid the problem. Exactly. Like let's, you know, let's let's yeah. eliminate the victims so that yeah. there's yeah. No- I I actually grew up with a pit bull. It was my dad's dog since way before I was even around. Way before I was thought of. So he loved her more than he loved me. I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she was the best man. She was here in Hawaii or in Hawaii where I grew up. They call them the the granny, the babysitter dogs. Yeah, you know, they just they just sit and protect. <laughs> That's, I mean, I love that dog. Um, I've never had one as an adult with my children, but you know, I I've had tigers. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, it's a bit, it's the same thing. You know, <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I guess my question is, like, you know, how has your life changed since the show has aired? Like, do you think it's changed? Like. How do you feel? How do you feel about your life right now? <laughs> I feel as if it's it's changed um, significantly, but less on the surface and more underneath the surface. Um, obviously, the the one thing that's changed that everyone knows is that I am, uh, you know, recognizable in public. I mean, I can't go anywhere without somebody recognizing me. Um, and right now, I mean, that's an incredible feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all positive and it's it's incredible, man. I really enjoy interacting with people and, and just the boldness, you know, of a strange conversation with a stranger. Yeah. I mean, it, so far it's, it's been comfortable and nice. And like I said, a, a humbling blessing. Um, but the things that are happening kind of underneath the surface, you know, for a very long time, even throughout my military career, I pushed anyone who was close to me away. Um, so I haven't spent much time with my kids. You know, I buried myself in those in those tigers and, and my work with them. Yeah. Um, so now, just on a personal level, I'm able to spend quality time with my children, watch them grow and, mm-hmm. and be, you know, be a parent and take some responsibility. And man, I've lived my whole life considering only myself yeah every decision I ever made I I have only thought about myself and for the first time in my life I am excited to not do that I am excited to consider these beautiful people who love me who care for me and want and want to be around me you know so it's making the best of that do you feel (laughs) that's the biggest change do do you feel that like now in your life like your life is like so fulfilled because you have like like I know growing up like we have family and stuff like that but I feel like sometimes it feels Mm -hmm. like it's hard to like realize that like we have a, a group of people that like care about us and stuff and like looking online I feel like oh, yeah. you've gotten so much like love and like 
so many people like actually care about you as a person. Do 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 you feel that now, or and how does it feel? Oh, oh, absolutely. That's undeniable. You know, um, and it feels incredible. Mm-hmm. It's still something that I take in every single day, and I allow it to resonate because that is the only way to react to this amount of positivity and and you know just just humanity and empathy and, and just kindness from people from strangers you know in a sense yeah um that there is no other way to 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 deal with it except to embrace it so yeah it's been incredible okay uh, so how what do you like what do you think should happen to do exotic at this point like how are you feeling about this whole situation because i was talking to like my friend and like she was like she was like i think he should still go to jail for at least 10 years and i feel like like honestly i feel like i'm like one of these people where i feel like people are especially americans they're so like willing to like put people in prison and i think most people are like (laughs) but like most people who are like so gung-ho for the whole like long prison sentences like actually don't know like what prison's like have, they've yeah. never yeah they've never, wouldn't, wouldn't they last probably, a day yeah <laughs> they, like they probably have <laughs> no family members no experiences with, right. with prison they right. just they just push the whole like if you do the crime you should do the time and things like that and right. they don't they have no right. like actual idea of how like, prison really works so like for me right. I, I don't really know but i feel like I don't know the right answer, but I'm not sure if I'm like, you know, like 10 years in prison is like, you know, because I've had a few experiences with people who have been in prison. Right. Um, so, right, right. Um, so what what do you think like should happen to him and like what's going to happen with him and all these things? Man, you know, as a ex-soldier, as a, you know, someone who served in the United States military, I would love to sit here and, and say, I want the justice system to prevail mm-hmm. because that is what I uphold throughout my, you know, military career. Um, but as someone who knew Joe personally, as someone who worked with him for almost 10 years, day in, day out, side by side, um, mm-hmm. it kills me to know that he's in there, you know, while all of us, I mean, when I say all of us, I mean, everyone in that documentary yeah, um, are out here. I'm not saying that we all need to be imprisoned. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that, this man was the, the center, was the core of all of our involvements, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I'm not saying his crimes are our crimes, but man, every single thing he's ever worked for is being picked apart, you know? Mm-hmm. Every single person he's ever come into contact with has either turned their back or, or shut their mouth, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to speak for Joe, but I know that he deserves more than this. Yeah. I know that. Do you feel that what he did was like so horrible? Because I feel like now some people are like, I'm not saying that like what he did was like good. You, you know, right, I know he, right. I know he, you know, like did some bad stuff to animals and right. things like that. But like, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying that it's like correct. And I think that if you do something wrong, you should be punished for it. And I do, and right. if like these animals could, you know, make the decision, I'm not sure what right. they would do. You know, but right. my thing is do you feel that he's like this evil person that everybody's kind of like saying it is like, <laughs> you know well, from, yeah I don't right know. i know i know that he's not okay you know there were countless times where you know one of us could have been the better man and he was always the better man okay there were countless times where we were both given an opportunity to be 
a, a quality human being and he beat me to the punch. Sometimes okay. I didn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there was also countless things he did that I don't condone and will never condone. You know, yeah. um, he's human. He made a mistake. That's why I, I stand by, you know, the justice system has to prevail because it has to, right? Yeah. But, but it, 20 something years is it's crazy. It breaks my heart that there's a possibility that this man might die in prison yeah this man might never see you know the world again and right now kind of sounds like a good idea but i mean man he's he's locked up while everyone else enjoys life and all he's ever wanted was just this yeah you know it was just this man i guess so it's it's my question is like like it's so funny because like he's in jail like for such a long time but yeah. like what about the guy who like he apparently hired to kill her like he's not in jail you know right right it my mind that like you know like right uh, i mean if you consider if you consider all of all of what was played out in this case mm-hmm. there was no even weapon <laughs> there was no even like threat or imminent danger to this woman's life Aside yeah. from words, you know, and conversations, there was, I mean, like you said, you know, I don't condone hiring anyone or, or wanting death upon anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, what did he do really? Exactly. <laughs> like, what did he really do? Yeah, I feel like, you know? I, I don't really know, like, I understand, like, like, people can say that he's in jail for, like, you know, the uh, mistreatment of animals. But he's not even really right. in jail for that, in prison for that. You know what I mean? He's kind of... I think he's already served. I think that term was only about three and a half years. And I think he's already served that. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's why they're saying it. It's like, if if you just chalk it up to the wildlife fines or the wildlife um, charges, he should be out by now. Exactly. I, I agree with that completely. And the uh, whole, like, but, murder for hire thing, like... yeah. That's I mean, what got him, really. That's the <laughs> nail in his coffin, man. Because, like I said, you know, he would have he would have just admitted to the wildlife stuff and been like, you know, I'll see you guys in three years. But mm-hmm. nothing happened to this woman. She's walking around unharmed, and yeah. he's going to be in prison for twenty some odd years. I mean, it's crazy. It's I mean, crazy. Do you think that he like? Did you work for uh, Jeff Lowe or no? I mean, he was there throughout at least three years of my stay there I think maybe two two or three years um but no we never worked together because Jeff didn't work with the with the animals you know I I worked day in and day out with those animals and Jeff was kind of an office guy you know he did more paperwork and and stuff like that so I mean did you get like a feel for him at all or like yeah yeah absolutely and Jeff and his wife Lauren who when I first met them they were not married but both of them independently and together as a couple have never been anything but kind and professional to me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but again, we didn't have any reason for animosity, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, literally our, our paths never crossed except in the morning when they showed up and I showed up and at night when I was going home and they're going home, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've worked within the vicinity of them, but never worked directly with them. They're, in my opinion, you know, they have their own lifestyle, not yeah. my style, you yeah. know, um, yeah. and, and they're probably not people I would hang out with, but I mean, they were not cruel or mean or malicious in any way. I mean, they were decent business, you know, acquaintances and associates and that was it. Yeah. I mean, do, do you think that, 
Joe Exotic was like kind of set up or like set up to fail and he just kind of like was someone who just was he just kind of like fell into it and kind of got he like... was <laughs> he was like desperately desperately ambitious so anything that you told Joe he probably couldn't pull off he would try it okay. you know yeah um but I will say this because I obviously don't know I wasn't there I wasn't mm-hmm. having these conversations with these people but mm-hmm. I will say this and this kind of clears it all up mm-hmm. for the 10 years that I've known Joe he's hated Carol Baskin for the entire 10 years yeah and for the entire 10 years he has made those stupid threats and those stupid comments and those stupid videos for 10 years yeah and then Jeff shows up and all of a sudden he's wanted for murder for hire yeah okay so if that says anything you know that should speak pretty loud and pretty clear yeah um and it's not just Jeff as you guys see and you know James was involved in that Alan was involved in that. John Finley was involved in that. Like there was a lot of factors that played into Joe finally deciding on one weird ass night, hey, maybe I should talk to this guy about this. Yeah. But whatever was said to that anybody, whatever conversation Joe had with whoever he had it with, he said that same thing a million times on Facebook, out loud in person, you know, in videos. Joe Exotic TV videos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said it a million times. Exactly. Nothing in that whole conversation was new. Yeah. Nothing. So was he set up? Absolutely. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry that we're like laughing about this, but it's like, it's no, but it's, but, but it's, it's like, you have yeah. to be this way, you know? Yeah. Cause I feel like you know? so many people are like, they feel so strongly about certain things, but I mean, you work there and you know, and I'm like, yeah. not a very like serious type person. So, so like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, that's all I can gather. You know, I'm not a genius, but I have common sense. Um, yeah. I'm not stupid, you know? So I, I gather from what I know and my experience is that for 10 years, it didn't matter. It was just something he bitched about every day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's talking to people about putting a plan together. And it's like, oh, my goodness. You know? Yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe's a, sh- a star. Like, he's a, sh- show. he's a star of his own show, you know? He's one of a he kind. Constantly- <laughs> oh, man. He's a Martian. And, and he can't just say, like, I, I've always told people this. Joe doesn't just say, no, thank you. Yeah. Joe will always have a story for why he will not. Yeah. Or why he will because you said he could not. Okay. Like that's Joe, you mm-hmm. know, and and I know that you play off of that and you can basically make him your puppet. Yeah. You know, because he is out to prove something. Yeah. His whole life he's been out to prove something. Whether mm-hmm. it was to himself, to his parents, to his siblings, to the world, he's out to prove something. And this was a perfect opportunity, right? So Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. This was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was. I appreciate the good conversation. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Um, If I'm ever in California, I'll hit you up. And if you're in Paris, if you're in Paris, let me know. Well, I'll be back to the States maybe to visit eventually. (laughs) (laughs) But either way, just just hit me up whenever. Okay, cool. I'll I'll send you a text later. Okay, bye. Cool. Take care. Bye. All right, guys, that was a crazy, crazy, crazy episode that we just had with Sav. Crazy conversations. We just talked about people getting attacked by tigers, Joe Exotic, labels. We talked about everything. Carol Baskin. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for watching this episode. Um, 
I'm really, really, really just happy that Saf decided to come on. As you all can tell, he's just an amazing, just genuine human being. And I'm really happy that he's doing well, well in life. And I just wish him the best in everything that he's doing. And hopefully he'll come back on again because this was like so great. Um, I just wanted to take time and just talk a little bit more seriously about the whole like Tiger situation. I know that this podcast is super fun and like ridiculous, um, but I just wanted to take time and like talk about the beings that are really kind of like in the center of this that nobody really seems to be talking about, which are the tigers, <laughs> um, that there's literally less than 3000 tigers in the wild. And the people that are responsible for that are human beings. And a lot of that is the destruction of their natural habitat. And we all have contributed to this, not just the the people that are going to zoos and doing all this stuff, not just the Joe exotics and things like this. All of us have contributed because we all live on this earth and we all are taking up natural resources. And all of these things are affecting animal life and just the wildlife in general. Um, So I do think that I personally can do very little and you personally can do very little, but If we both, we all do very little together, we can do something huge and incredible and possibly amazing. So I do think that we need to focus really on rebuilding the natural habitats of these animals and really kind of figure out what we can do, what I can do, what you can do to lessen the suffering of these animals animals because that really is the most important thing i know that talking about joe exotic and his multiple husbands and his life and him running for president and stuff it's super fun and super you know interesting but you know we really kind of need to think morally about what we're doing to other living beings and really kind of figure out how we can fix what we've all kind of contributed to help destroy so to get away from that serious topic, um, thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. Um, I know that conversation with Saf was like so crazy, um, but if you like that one, there's going to be like some super crazy, 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 crazy more episodes that are coming up um, with some people that you know, some people that you don't know. So if you like this podcast, don't forget to follow it on Spotify because that's the best way to keep up to date. And if you have any questions or any suggestions or who you want to be on the podcast, don't forget to send me a message, hit me up on Instagram and all this other stuff. But the biggest thing that I really want to say to you guys once again is thank you guys so much for coming on this journey together we call life.